Hello, I'm Mallory Rubin. And I'm Van Lathan. Check out the Ringerverse podcast from The Ringer for all things superhero movies, nerd culture, and fandom entertainment. We have instant reviews and fun takes on all the latest news and more available now on Spotify. It's the Full Go presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. And right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays, or SGPs as the kids like to call them, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21+. plus. 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler or visit rg help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Chicago everywhere. Check it. Not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. <laughs> he is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer. Spotify original. Yeah, of course. Just ask LeBron James running <laughs> running yeah. the wrong way down an escalator. That's the shit we need to get to here on the full yeah. go. You that's know what the, I mean? That's how you know. That's the goat right there. That is an experienced oh. veteran, all of famer, all time great. Michael <laughs> Jordan could never. And would never. Well, yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> more importantly, would never. Shout out to Michael Jordan on his birthday, by the Happy way. Birthday, <laughs> Happy birthday, Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. Happy birthday, Mike. Oh, Lord have mercy. Well, I'm not even going to... I'm going to try to guess. It is episode 67. Oh, uh, I had it in the rundown. This is 66. Oh, <laughs> oh, get in the mix on episode 66 of right. Full Go. Oh, God. So the best part right now, people can't see it while we're recording, but right now I have a frozen Jesse Lopez and an active Jesse oh, Lopez. Oh, 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 he, just took oh, away the, he took away the, the frozen Jesse Lopez. It's, it's so magic. We have the active Jesse Lopez. That, that, that'll, be, <laughs> <laughs> that'll be his name on the pod from here on out, by the way. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. There it is. <laughs> and it was coming at some point, right? Two Jesse's. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this, this pod is taking on a life of its own. We, we've already, well, Tannehill inducted Steve Cerruti into the League of Shadows, and I just ran with it from there. The shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti is not present on this pod, but he is always around my main man, Chris Tannehill, and of course, the active Jesse Lopez. This is the Full Go Podcast with Jason Goff. Brought to you by The Ringer. Of course, Spotify is the gang. And hey, guys, we're here. It's the All-Star break. We get a week of basketball listeners now, right? And um, 
I, there's there are very few places that I want to be, but this country with no basketball is one of them because now we get a chance to delve into offseason and draft talk with the Chicago Bears. And we also get a chance to talk about if baseball is going to happen or not. Now, as we're recording, uh, apparently both sides in the labor negotiations are planning to meet with each other every single day. Strenuous negotiations going back and forth. Uh, after a 15-minute meeting today, as we're recording, uh, both sides are trying to figure this thing out. I'll say this. Baseball, you're fucking up. Because <laughs> basketball and, and football have the cover of bad weather, right? Like, when no football is happening, like, think about an actual NFL labor stoppage, right? Like what would happen with this country and how people would throw things at walls and, and, and go to work angry all the time because they didn't have their three hours on a Sunday or a Monday or a Thursday to watch their local heroes get down. And when it comes to basketball, you talk about the, the sport that has every demographic in this country engaged at, you know, at some point in time during the season. If no basketball is happening, whoo, those winter months get real, real weird because it kind of fills in the rhythm of the week for you, right? You get a Tuesday game, you get a Thursday game, you get a Friday game, something like that, and then you get football. With baseball, oh, the summer's all yours, fellas, which means the summer's all ours, right? The last time this happened, the last time there was a real work stoppage, baseball, it got beat up, and it got beat up really, really good. And I don't know how they're going to fare coming out of this one. Uh, all the reports are saying that if they don't get something figured out by late February, early March, then opening day is in peril. Uh, the, the real thing that is in peril is the fan base and the young fan base that they've been trying to cultivate and nurture and grow into consumers, actual consumers of buying the product, buying the merch, traveling for games, the things that we do as adults. Well, you got to get them while they're young. And these kids have everything to do besides watch baseball, especially if there's a work stoppage. So, I don't, I don't have a whole lot on baseball and, and the work stoppage. I want to see uh, both sides get back to the table. You know, they're throwing around salary caps and the players' union is like, no, 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 thank you. And the owners are talking about Super 2 and arbitration eligibilities and all the things that uh, a lot of fans don't give a shit about. And the baseball nerds really, really dig into because they love the sport. All I'm saying is baseball, read the room. Know what's going on here. There, there, there are... Oculi out here. There are PS5s out here. The the good weather is out here when you guys are playing. Please, please, please don't don't lose an entire generation or at least a year or two's worth of fan base because you, you're, you're quibbling over millions and millions of dollars that are going to be dispensed, let's face it, to the owners anyway. I understand the piece of the pie that the, the players want has to be bigger, but revenue sharing and, and, and salary floors and salary caps and all these other things, fans don't give a damn about this. Get to work. Get to work. Figure this thing out. Labor unions are always going to stake their claim in this country and the Baseball Players Association. It, it seems, it seems, and, and maybe I'm not as piped in as I need to be, Tanny and, and Jesse, but it seems that there is there's like an apathetic nature when it comes to uh, the fans actually saying which side they're they're with. Right. Because fans, for the most part, don't know that they're rooting for the owners in these things when they say, shut up, get back and play. But I haven't heard as much of that as I expected, especially the late nature in which we are in with the negotiations. So baseball fans out there, I am uh, I am rooting for every one of y'all because I enjoy watching baseball. But let's face it, it's. 
It's probably third, fourth on the list for me in terms of my favorite sports in this country. But my baseball guys and girls out there, I know they're fretting the fact that the rhythms that you're used to won't be engaged in because of them not having an opening day or starting on opening day. So if the 15-minute meeting didn't work, which I don't think any 15-minute meeting will, the the daily meetings that have been announced going forward, as little as, what, an hour and a half, two hours ago, as we're taping here on Thursday night, get it together, try to figure something out, uh, because baseball fans, I don't think, especially these these young baseball fans, this generation of baseball fan who's on Twitch, who's on Twitter, who's on YouTube, who's on every digital um, social media apparatus possible, I think they're going to find something to do with their time. Baseball fans are going to be baseball fans. The people who are upset that the game is going through this are going to be upset that they're not getting a chance to watch the game as regularly scheduled. But there's a lot of people out there who don't know that they're not baseball fans yet, and that's who I think Major League Baseball has to worry about. Of course, you got to get everything in line. I mean, all these all these things about these, these teams uh, letting go of all these uh, minor league players, right, and, and allowing uh, a lot of these players to go unprotected and, and, and not paid going forward. Yeah, this is a bad look for the sport. And Rob Manfred has been in the crosshairs of baseball fans since he took over, pretty much. So there's not a lot of goodwill, I think, for either side of this thing. And in the end, the sport is going to be the only one that suffers because summertime is going to provide summer weather, especially in these cold cities and these cold states in the Midwest and the Northeast. Yeah, it, it don't get hot until around June anyway. So if you're going to mess around and tell me that you're not playing while it's cold outside and expect me to wait, there's going to be a lot of baseball fans who are going to be turned off by this situation. So whatever the process is, however it needs to go down, just like any work stoppage, it is only going in once the bosses say so. And I just hope the bosses understand that the consumers are going to go elsewhere. Yeah, Jay, here's what concerns me about what's going on with baseball right now. And we know that most of the players love the game. You know, they played it since they were kids. And I say most because as in any profession, you have people that will be in that profession just for the paycheck. You know, mm-hmm. like they have they have the ability and they do it to collect the check, but above yeah. above and beyond like caring about it after they're done with it, some will and some won't. I like to think that most of the players do care about the health of the game going forward. Yeah. They've got kids and, you know, but I, you worry about the ownership who they already have their generational wealth and they could sell off their team at any time and make a considerable profit, most of these owners, from what they bought it as. So how much are they truly concerned? How much are they invested in the long-term future of the game when they know that they're straight, their kids will be straight, their kids' kids will be straight? Like, you know, it, it doesn't really affect them the way yeah. that... They, it's they, a sucks-to-be-you kind of attitude that they, that they move around with. Exactly. And, 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 you know, I haven't seen, you know, we were kind of groomed as kids and then the strike in 94, they called it a strike, but let's be real about it. Like the players didn't have much of a choice in the matter. You at know? All. So, you know, we, so we, you know, even as a kid, you know, you look at the players like, Oh, why do they do that? You know, but like, like that's how like, you know, it's painted to, to be seen, but you know, as, as you go over time here, and you look at the, the long-term health of the game, I, I, back to these owners, man, I just, I just don't know if they're actually, they're, we know they're not actually invested in, in caring about the game and the health of it, uh, you know, in terms of generations from now. So that's my big concern here because you have seen some people, they will always side with ownership. Oh, yeah. They're very comfortable with, with that boot on their neck and that's what they'll do. And they'll, they'll always villainize uh, guys who look more like them you know, you're now, you know, we're not professional athletes, but, you know, people that look closest to us, guys in their 20s and 30s, 
we'll villainize those people because they're they're rich and we feel like we're still connected. Like, oh, just a couple breaks would have went my way, and I could, right. you know. <laughs> but we know that that's not true. You know, when you see all the hours, the natural ability, and all the hours you spent uh, pouring into your craft of being a baseball player. So that it, it hasn't been as bad as it was when we were kids, but it's still not great when people are caping for ownership who ultimately they don't really care one way or another as long as they get that postseason TV revenue. And you're seeing now one of the rumors is they're going to restructure the playoffs again. So more teams will be in the playoffs and more money in, in the pot. So that's really all they care about. But in terms of the long-term health of the game, I'm not so sure it's up there for those owners, man. Well, I mean, the owners are banking on the the fan bases and the consumers. And let's face it, we know who we're talking to, right? 25 to 54-year-old men, right? And usually 80, 86, 85% of them, white men. Right. So they're banking on the pocket watching and hating of the 25 to 54 year old white man to take over and it to be like, oh, get your millionaire ass back on the field. How dare you? You're playing a kid's game and all this other bullshit. But in the end, business is business. And it's, it's so funny that you mention it because being at the Super Bowl, getting the chance to talk to some people who are closer to the business of ownership and owners than I am. You start to realize, and it's kind of the secret that we all keep and know, but we don't say as much as we probably should. Ownership groups really aren't in the business to win. They're in the business to make money. And if you win, cool. But if the winning comes at too much of an expense, it ain't cool. You know, there were, the Cincinnati Bengals were in the goddamn Super Bowl, right? The Cincinnati Bengals are one of the most notoriously cheap franchises in all of sports. Okay, and some of the shit I found out when I was at L.A. blew my mind, like the staffers for the Cincinnati Bengals were being put up in pretty much extended stays outside of Los Angeles. Right. Like just because you got yourself a franchise quarterback, a generational wide receiver and a reliable running back and a young coach who, you know, had lunch with Sean McVay once (laughs) doesn't mean that you're going to be treated like a first class citizen. Carson Palmer went to the NFL Super Bowl week and shit on the Bengals for the entire week, pretty much. He, he said the first time he walked into the building for the Arizona Cardinals, he said, oh, this is what a doctor and a training staff looks like. Like, these are the things. And that's a team in the Super Bowl in the biggest game on the face of the earth. So if that ownership group can make it, right? And, and on the things, some of the things that I heard about Bears ownership while I was down there, you know, all the things that, that, Certain water carriers in this city can't wait to say about, oh, you people say that the McCaskies throw, uh, you know, nickels around like manhole covers. But look at the fact that they signed Brian Cox back in the day or Pernell McPhee or, you know what I mean? They, they pull a couple dudes out of their backsides who, who got a couple of big contracts. But it comes down to your staffing. It comes down to how you treat your staff. It comes down to what you are doing for players above and beyond so they could spread that word that this is a place to come and play. I think there are more ownership groups out there, whether it be baseball, hockey, basketball, or football, that are in the business of making money. And if we bump it to a little bit of sustained success, cool. But guess what? This TV money is going to keep these pockets right for generations to come. And if you think I'm selling, you better have a scandal. Right. You better have some cheerleaders come out. You better say the N word 16 times. You better send emails to other team affiliates and 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 just show your ass on that. You know, electronic communication, something better happen, because if not, I ain't selling shit. And that's what owners are saying to themselves and to everybody that's listening. 
It, all this championship talk, cool. You get yourself a go-getter every once in a while, a general manager or a president of baseball operations or, you know, a, a czar of hockey or whatever the case may be. But let's not get it twisted. There's a reason why a lot of these franchises have gone, franchises, I should say, have gone two, three decades without making not the, the championship game, but even making it deep into the playoffs. It ain't because the same players aren't being filtered through the draft or, or available to scout or, or, or personnel decisions aren't out there to be made. Everybody knows who the good football players are, who the good basketball players are, who the good baseball players are. But the reasons why other teams fortify their 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 teams with depth and strength and talent in all areas, not just on the field, but off the field, it's because they're willing to spend the extra dollar. Because every once in a while, you run into somebody who's like, hey, man, we haven't won in a while. Let's try to win. But there are also the franchises who rest on their loyals, sit on their hands and say, we are making money. Like, for instance, I believe Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys want to win Super Bowls, but they still the most valuable franchise in the NFL and in professional sports, I believe, in this country, if I'm not mistaken. It's been 28 years, 28 years since the richest man in football, damn near Jerry Jones in his billion dollar stadium now have been in the Super Bowl. Next year's checks ain't going to stop. The year's checks after that ain't going to stop. And Stephen Jones is going to take over that franchise after Jerry goes like it, it, it's in a way as a fan, it's hard for us to understand. But sometimes the business is just in being in the black. And sometimes you got to dip into the red to get what you need for your fan bases. So when I see players being locked out and and things that you think uh, aren't out of the realm of of, uh, reality or uh, aren't far-fetched in terms of, I don't know, things that you should want, uh, like, I don't know, getting getting a bite at a bigger contract a year earlier instead of, you know, being down in the minor leagues for a couple of weeks more. Right. Or or certain things that um, come along with revenue sharing and all these other things that 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 owners bicker about. You know why? Because they don't give a shit about the health of the league. They give a shit about the health of their franchise. The Jacksonville Jaguars never have to win another game. Shot Khan is going to be rich for the foreseeable future. And the moment week one of the NFL season kicks off, all the bills are paid. So. I think we we are going to, and I don't know how many of us are still left in this, but I think at some point we're going to have to get out of our heads that ownerships are in this thing for winning. Some of them are. Some of them are. But I think a lot more than we'd like to think are in it to stay in the black. And that's exactly what they succeed in doing year in and year out. You cook the books, make it look like you're in the red every once in a while when it's time to come back to that bargaining table. But we all know where the money is and where the money's going to stay. You get yourself a maverick owner every once in a while, no pun intended, like Mark Cuban or some of these guys and girls out here who spend money to the hilt. Guess what? They're going to make it all back. So there really is no reason for any professional ownership group to not try to win. But there isn't really a reason for you to not try to lose either, especially in the NFL. I mean, hell, Brian Flores kicked the door open. You talk about, you know, hiring black coaches, the integrity of the game, even after you reveal the racism that, hey, eh, you can lose a few games here, you get a hundred grand. You think for a second I don't believe that happened? Come on, man. We, we've seen it happen before. We've heard it talked about. We know what happens when, when teams are out here starting quarterbacks that they shouldn't be starting. Or, or, or giving guys looks at the end of seasons that they shouldn't be giving them to. 
It's the same rat race we all run and the emotional investment that keeps us tied in as fans. And guess what? We wake up next year and say, guess this could be our year. This could be the year we break through. This could be the year that my team finally does it. And when they do, when they finally do, I'm a Chicago Bears fan through and through. I was five years old when the Bears won the Super Bowl. Five. Okay. I remember having a little, you know, Kentucky fried chicken, uh, you know, a little 45 of the Super Bowl shuffle that I played on my play school, my first record player. I remember that. I remember having the ruse and the headband trying to be like Walter Payton. I remember thinking Jim McMahon was the coolest white man I had ever seen in my life. And then 36 years happened. <laughs> right? 36. When did the Bears go to the Super Bowl? In 06, if I'm not mistaken. 2006. Yeah. That's the 06 season, yeah. Yeah, 06, 14 years ago. And guess what? All they had to do was trade up and draft Justin Fields to get my black ass right back in the fold, you know? So in the end, it's the game that we all play. We go through the angst, we go through the emotional investment, and the owners continue to get rich. Time for some commercials. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's an incredible, like, I can't speak enough of, you know, what he does for the group and people see the numbers at the end of games, but it's in puddles, it's halftime, it's in practice, it's keeping his composure, talking to the guys. There's just so many things that he does from a leadership perspective that really impact winning. Um, And you can, you know, see why for most of his career, he's been on a lot of really good teams, a lot of winning teams. You know, he's learned a lot from it. And I think it's also really important to him. You know, winning is, is is important to him. And I've always felt like great players make people around them better. And I think that it's the, the best compliment I can give him is he's a great player because he makes every one of our guys better. Bulls fans, how you feeling? We're here at the All-Star break. This team has won 30, what, eight games, something like that? 37, eight, 38 games, which a lot of people would have guessed would be something that, you know, a record that the Bulls would be looking at you know, with 10 games to go in the season. They're 38 and 21, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, there's so many damn games in the season right now. I, I can't remember uh, the records to save my life. Hell, I can't remember what episode we on in this damn podcast half the time. But they're 38 and 21, I believe it is, if I'm not mistaken. You are correct. I am correct. Yes. Yeah. I nailed it. <laughs> I get to do another pod, y'all. <laughs> I have to I have to get one fact right per pod or else Bill Simmons, Jesse, Chris, Steve, everybody's going to launch my ass. But they're 38 and 21. We we finally arrived to the All-Star break. And oh, what a time. What, what better place to be in late February, ladies and gentlemen, than Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, Io and Damar... And Zach, enjoy yourselves <laughs> because you will be snowed in and you will be shuttled from club to club, party to party, event to event. And actually, let me stop because the, the time that I spent in Cleveland for what, three or four days when the when the uh, the the Cubs played the Trot in uh, the World Series, it, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. We stayed in the, the hotel that Johnny Manziel actually was was living in when he was in Cleveland. 
which was cool. And it was such a Johnny Manziel hotel, by the way. It was everything about it just screamed Johnny Manziel type vibes. But Cleveland, all-star break. We finally here. DeMar DeRozan has been playing like, like mini Jordan out here. And, and this is the thing. I know it is blasphemous to ever put anybody in the world in Michael Jordan's territory or category. And I'm not doing that with DeMar. But I will say this. If you have a kid who hasn't seen or wasn't around or just, just couldn't, you know, couldn't really, really take in the, the majesty of one Michael Jordan, right, in the late 90s, don't fret. If you missed the Derrick Rose era, Right, the three or four years where uh, the the comet that shot out of the sky by way of you know 83rd Street over there at Beasley, and 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 then going to Simeon, and then spending one year in Memphis, and then wrecking the league for three four years, and then having a rule named after him in the CBA. If you missed the comet that was Derrick Rose, don't fret because you got Demar Derozan. I was sitting down today thinking about uh, how special this year has been. And sometimes we get jaded in this business because you don't want to you don't want to pump something up too much because then you look like a homer. But you don't want to shit on something too much because you also look just like the, the, the cynical, pessimistic, jaded sports industry guy or girl. And I'm at the point where I don't give a shit about anybody's opinions in life and in sports. DeMar DeRozan makes me happy, man. Like I watched. I watched today, for no apparent reason, a Bulls-Sacramento Kings game that I had already viewed the night before for work. And I'm sitting back just watching him hit jump shot after jump shot. Getting He didn't get to the line most of the game. I believe he shot his first free throw in something like the third quarter or something like that. But the efficiency with which this man has played, the dedication to his craft, and more importantly than all of that for me, He's a real fucking dude. Like, there are a lot of con artists that have come through this city who are really good players. Really good players. All-star level players. MVP candidate players. There's a lot of guys who just aren't interesting who have come through this city. There's a lot of guys who were really interesting and just couldn't play worth the hell. That's not DeMar DeRozan. For the first time in a very long time, I think the Bulls have a guy who is not only respected around the league, respected in his locker room, is far more interesting than I think he would ever let on. And shout out to Tyler Tynes from GQ uh, for the piece that he wrote about DeMar DeRozan. Just encapsulating all, like certain dudes move with a certain vibration, uh, a certain tenor where you're like, Man, that dude is really confident in who he is, and you know there's a lot more beneath the surface. For instance, years ago when DeMar DeRozan and Kevin Love were the first couple of players in the NBA who openly spoke about their mental health issues and what depression had done to them and what anxiety was doing to them, I sat back and I thought to myself, it's a brave-ass dude. And it's not It's not brave in the way that we throw it around today where everything and everyone is brave. It's brave in the office that you work in and understanding how it would be used and could be used in mental tactics on the floor, right? I mean, guys get into it on Instagram and on Twitter and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, can't wait for the next game. Can you imagine an entire league knowing that, you know, 
you have down days. You have days where you're not feeling as as good as you should or think you should, where things are seemingly piling up on you. You're dealing with uh, your father being sick and flying back and forth to L.A. to to see him and be with him bedside and then flying to Boston or flying to Oklahoma City the day of the game and dropping 25 for the Toronto Raptors and then the San Antonio Spurs. To see DeMar DeRozan not only be embraced by the Chicago atmosphere, the Chicago basketball culture, but to see how he's carrying it. You know, some guys come to a city and can't wait to wear all the team's jerseys, right? He's catch me in a Bears jersey or catch me in a Blackhawks jersey. DeMar DeRozan is a certain type of cool that the, the, the vibe is attracted to him. The dude has his three girls and his, and his wife in the front row, courtside, every single game. And I liken it to having your kids at a boxing match where I've always been like, hey, man, don't have your babies out there. They're going to see you get whooped on, you know? And then, you know, what, what's going to happen the day you get beat in front of your babies and then you ask them to take the trash out the next day? They're like, hey, tell the dude to knock your ass out to take the trash out, you know what I mean? But this is different because bad days, good days, tough battles, easy games, dropping 30, you know, missing game-winning shots, hitting back-to-back buzzer beaters, whatever the case may be. The dude has always seemed this year like he was in control. And we know that's not the case. We know that's not the case with anybody's life. Just watching DeMar DeRozan go about his business, all I can say is enjoy this, Chicago. Enjoy watching a professional at work who also cares about the place that he's in, too. And what's my man's name from uh, Major League Two? Was it Jack Parkman? Yeah. Was, that, was that my guy? <laughs> the mercenary? Yeah. Like yeah, some... his, little, his little shimmy made the woman in Cleveland puke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, after going to Cleveland, I, 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 it don't take much. Trust me on that one. But, <laughs> but, but, but like, there could be a Jack Parkman-like figure in your locker room where you're like, oh, this dude's just here to get W's and not give a shit about the, the city, right? He's not that guy either but he's not claiming to be from Chicago and all the other shit that dudes do. Like, I just appreciate, I appreciate how he's moved. I appreciate how he's handled himself. I appreciate him showing motherfuckers that he's still that dude too, right? Because he got lost in San Antonio for two years where people could act like DeMar DeRozan wasn't, wasn't a, a star NBA player. And, and, and just things come in full circle and me talking about his career, whether it be on the radio terrestrially or you know, when, when I worked for ESPN or now in this, in this uh, platform, DeMar DeRozan was always my comp for a young player who I couldn't wait to see him fill out the rest of his game. And to see him come to this point 12, 13 years later, it's just fun to watch. You know, you give your flowers when you can. There's been a lot of athletes who I have said to myself, man, I've been blessed to watch this dude play. Well, I've been blessed to watch this woman play here in this city. And DeMar DeRozan is one of those guys. And I know it's only 59, 58 games, whatever the case may be. But what he's done for the culture of this team, what he's done for uh, this city basketball-wise this year, he's given hope to something that just seemed like it was going to be irrelevant until it wasn't. And it fast-forwarded in one offseason after everybody griped and, and picked that and, 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 and raked over the coals and critiqued, rightfully so, sometimes, and sometimes it was just piling on, that offseason decision for him to join up with Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball and Nikola Vucevic and how this team wasn't going to be able to defend anybody, well, you know, 
kind of kind of right. But DeMar DeRozan, man, he's right up there with the for me, the Derrick Roses, right? The you know the Devin Hester's, the guys in recent vintage who I've watched play in this city, try to navigate all the professional and and, and industry. Uh, experiences, so to speak, when it comes to dealing with the media and and representing a brand and all that other stuff. DeMar DeRozan has been as joyful to watch as any athlete I can remember. And if you're a Bulls fan, you know, next year, who knows? Because he's an older player, too. Next year, the year after that, who knows? Is he going to score 26, 27 a game the entirety of this contract? I'd be surprised. But then again, Nothing that has happened this year has left me short of in awe or surprise. So, DeMar DeRozan, for the first part of this NBA season, you've captivated the minds and hearts of all the Chicago Bulls fans. And I just want to say we've appreciated you. I don't think we say that enough as people who cover these teams. You know, I appreciate Derrick Rose for what he did for my career and me covering him earlier on in my career and early on in his career. I appreciate the 85 Bears for the, you know, the legacy that that Bears fans had a chance to live on and try to live up to uh, with future teams. Like every team or every player or moment or person that comes along in your sports fandom, they, they hold a special little role, whether it be a bad time, a good time, or a time of indifference. But every instance holds a special place or holds a place, maybe not so special. In this moment, I think Bulls fans and me, for one, are saying, DeMar DeRozan, you've had a stellar, outstanding first half or so of your season, and we are all appreciative for it. The Full Goal with Jason Goff. Three receivers left, one to the right. Ryan drops. Saints bring it five, pressure, and down goes Matt Ryan, the ninth sack of the game for New Orleans, and what a way for them to clinch this victory. Cameron Jordan gets yet another, his fourth of the game, his 85th of his career, and the Saints are 38 seconds away from winning the NFC South. And we're being joined by an all-time, all-time New Orleans Saint. He is Cam Jordan. Cam, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We appreciate you. Now, you're here with NFL All Day, right? Yeah. And I'm 41 years old, so you're going to have to explain to me. I, I am just getting into what I mean, you're an non- 80s baby. I'm an 80s baby. What do you mean? We're yeah, the same but time. You, but nah, we're not, though. We're not in the same time. I look forward to my 40s. Like, I, I can't wait. No, Because I think the kids will almost be out the house when I'm 45. Like, I can't wait to kick them out already. It's super fresh. Anytime something <laughs> is happening that you don't want to be a part of, you just blame it. I mean, you can already blame things on, you know, back pains. Never and do. Aches Never and do. all the... Uh-uh. Well, I do. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I take full advantage of those things in my <laughs> 40s. But... What I need to do is become more up to date on the NFT game and the NFT world. Right. Right. Um, I was a car collector as a kid. Right. I used to run and get the upper deck packs, the tops packs, right. all the old school joints. Right. And now the digital collectible world is exploding. So the non-fungible t- tokens. There it is. Right. Tell me about NFLAllDay.com. Man, you know, NFL All Day, this idea of, of NFTs. Um, it's, it's pretty fun, you know, like once you start deep diving, you get to know how you're linking, you know, these blockchains to crypto coins, the crypto coins, to buying NFTs, you know, NFL all day uses, uh, the coin flow, mm. which I mean, anytime you get early access to a, to a crypto coin, 
You get, Jump on it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. getting excited, especially when you have such a major backing. Um, NFL All Day, again, is is this NFT process that's connecting the athletes to the fans and vice versa, right? So I had a couple packs earlier. I decided to rip mine open. It was just like ripping open trading cards. You're just doing it di di digitally. They've got a package. You unwrap it. You unlock these moments. These, mm. But you're owning these moments. It's like owning a trading card. You don't own the player. You don't own the person. You know, it's not like, oh, right. you know, like you could go to a, a, a I was about to say Kinko's. That, that dates how old Yeah, you well, it's okay. You, you yeah. can go to a copy, a copy machine place right. and be like, hey, I want, a, I want 100 copies of a trading card. That doesn't make it a trading card. Now you just got copies on a piece of paper. You right-click save. That doesn't mean you own the NFT. You've just gone ahead and made a copy of it. Mm. The original owner is backed by coding. That that coding lets you know your ownership. That gives you the ownership rights. So as you're ripping these packs, as you're getting these moments, you own these moments. So you get an NFL pack. You get to build your collection. You rip that pack open. Who right. did you get? Because as a kid, you know, I, there's a long-standing joke in my life. I used to just get Neil Lomax cards back in the day. Arizona Cardinals quarterback. I get about 12 Neil Lomaxes in a 15-card pack, and I'd be disappointed. I know that's not happening with NFLallday.com, but show me what you're See, working with. I started off with I started off with the NBA packs, and I had okay. I had, I had a couple. I had like Alonzo Mourning. I had, and I was like, okay, Lonzo. I was like, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I was like, I was like with no doubt. Yeah. I got a Lou Williams back at Philadelphia, oh, and I was like, I didn't, ask, I didn't ask for Ill Will when he was with Philly. I wanted Ill Will when he was with Clippers. Oh, okay. But you All know, right. young, young Ill Will was getting it in, but yeah, like, Genesis it, a little. you know, yeah. he, he walked around with two girlfriends. I said, wow, he earned those. I just I said, made I a joke yesterday about Lou and his um, no his, doubt uh, accompaniment. To certain events. I asked my wife, I said, hey, babe, what you think? And she almost slapped me. And I said, you know, but like, come on, it's 2022. Like, open your mouth. I, yeah. It's just I, not, we're not there yet. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. We're exactly, not there yeah. yet. There's that's, a lot of subjects you can, process. you know, there's yeah. a lot of subjects you can touch in 2022. Multiple people <laughs> in your life is not one of them. not one of them. You <sighs> know? When, when do we open this table, you know? I mean, if you really want to get that, I mean, Seth Rollins and I were talking yesterday about happy wife, happy life. And I'm totally against what about that. Happy, it's happy us, happy no, life. No. Yeah, what happened, what happened to us? Let's go get a I soda after this, bro. She was like, can, I, she like, can I get a boyfriend? I said, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> you go get Jeff Bezos. I ain't going to look at you differently. I'm like, we doing this for us. Just can't mess with the pool boy. Yeah, That's you, all. please don't. What did he bring to the table? Chlorine tablets? Oh, come on. <laughs> Hence, you know, you know, what you bring to the table when you are the table, right? No, to quote I'm just Yank. saying. Yeah. So unless you're, unless you're bigger than the table, I need you to pull up a chair. But you got to earn that chair now. <laughs> so, so, so NFLallday.com is where you should go for your NFT collectible digital moments. Build your collection. Get an NFL pack. You can visit the marketplace, NFLallday.com. You know why we're here to talk about the big game, but I want to talk about what's been going on with you as of late because in your professional football life, you've had one head coach in Sean right? Payton. I thought we were just going to talk about me entering the 100 Sack Club, but fine. Let's, no, no, let's I know, focus I know, on I know. the transition listen, listen, in my listen, life. Listen, listen, I know. I like to stay on the constants. I know. My, my, my ceiling is like 15 and a half. My, my floor is like seven and a half mm -hmm. sacks. You got since 12 and a half last year, right? Got 12 and a half this yeah, past season. Yeah, that going just concluded, after it. Yeah. You know, 107 sacks in, 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 in total. Yeah. Five and a half in the playoffs. But, Leah, let's focus second on Sean Payton Ricky leaving Jackson. a year. Eight behind Ricky Jackson. I said second. You said you second behind Ricky Jackson eight in New sacks Orleans. Eight behind Ricky Jackson unofficially. Get that Wait, five officially? games into officially. this year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. He's, I but think let's he's got talk a, about the pain. Yeah, let's talk We're going about back the pain. to that. Yeah, okay. let's talk about the pain. You're buying in. Okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. I mean, I mean, look, two hey, years listen. ago, Drew left us, and I said, okay, <laughs> look at us. We could still win. We know he left us. You know, he, he left for like a five-game stint, a four-game stint, and we still lost like eight. Out, we, won, we won eight out of those nine games yeah. he was gone. I yeah. said, we can win at a high clip. 
So we had Jameis. I said, we are going to take the league by storm. And we surprised beat, yeah. not surprised, I guess, y'all, because I was like, we're going to take the league by storm. Mm -hmm. Beat the uh, beat the Packers convincingly. Go ahead and, and lose somehow to the Giants. I, I can't even take that serious when I say I can't either when you like, laughed at it, but it's cool. Um, and then, you know, you go through it and then you lose Jameis to Tampa and we still yeah. beat Tampa. Yeah. For the third time in four games. The third, Nobody's counting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, yeah. you know, at the end of the year, we, after we going through Trevor Simeon, Ian Book, half the offensive line, whatever, you know, Taysom Hill, we still beat Tom Brady and, and the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers again. Mm -hmm. So four out of five times. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just, if you see a theme here, we overcome adversity. So now, rounding it back out to Sean Payton leaving, we saw him absent my second year in the league for a season. We went 7-9, and nine, and 7-9 and is not great, but also it could be worse. We've I've seen Sean Payton get taken out by COVID not once but twice. Yeah, yeah. So we've had interim head coaches, a.k.a. DA, that stepped up and was when we were still able to keep the ship sailing uh, afloat, if you will, and, and win those games without him. So we know we can win. And that right there is a huge confidence boost to the locker room. That is a testament to the guys we have in the locker room that says, hey, in any adverse situation, whether we're displaced or we have to go into a Monday night game against Miami Dolphins missing 22 available players mm -hmm. for us, <laughs> and we fly guys in two days before to actually get reps. Weird. We are able to go ahead and face any adverse situation head on. How do you as a team leader, because, you know, maybe the verbiage or the philosophy or the ideals of a team change, but football is football. How do you not only stabilize the moment that is ahead, but also make sure, like you said, this team perseveres and, and finds that resilient nature that they found in little pockets now going forward for the long term? Man, it's probably... Uh it's it's probably by confusing the masses with the lexicon at hand, <laughs> giving a whole lot of rhetoric. <laughs> I mean, but, you know. but honestly, no, it's, it's really just a testament of it's a testament of, of what we've already been through. So all the guys like, you know, immediately once Sean announced he was retiring. How'd you find out? Like everybody else, through Adam Scheffner. <laughs> Ian Rappaport, one of the, one yeah, of the guys that yeah, out there yeah, just yeah. leaking information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, what are they paying to get information at that, that nobody else has. Tom Brady hadn't even made up his mind yet. And they were like, Tom Brady retired. Yeah. And Tom Brady came out was like, I haven't fully decided. Look what, like his two days later. Head. That's what I'm saying. Then he lets it out. But it's not like that was a, a, a like a definite, right? right? It felt like it was like, a, uh, he may chill for this offseason and then get close to season and be like, all right, give me the conch shell. Let me reassemble another team. You know, give me the conch shell. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we just, we, we sit there as we are. Like, we're texting at, we're texting like, yo, you see what's happening at SP? Mm -hmm. You know, what? You know, all right, cool. How do we feel about it? Bum, 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 bum. It was like, yo, our defense is going to be our core. Our defense has got to be this. But that being said, we get a healthy Mike Thomas back. That's James good for a couple of games. James decides to come back. We're mm -hmm. rolling again. Mm -hmm. And we're not, I mean, not even a couple games. If we win a couple more than we did this year, we go from 9 and 8 to 13 and 4, 12 and 5. We're back in the playoffs, and I like us versus anybody. You talk about the defense, and now the, you know, the focus D, is— Demario Davis, <laughs> three-time All-Pro the last three years. Guy, Still hasn't gotten a Pro Bowl. Com completely insane. No, is one of the better linebackers in all of football. People, people, people believe it. Like they, they don't get the idea of NFTs putting money into something that we control the value of assets. 
But then we got guys like Double D, Demario Davis, who has been one of the best linebackers in the game for the last three years for sure, possibly the last five, and still hasn't got the recognition. The quarterback position, the game is skewed towards the offensive side of the football. You now have Dennis Allen, who is a defensive-minded head coach. Right. Uh, we, we, you know, saw his stint with the Raiders, the mm -hmm. infrastructure there. You can say whatever it is with that. You're familiar with Dennis Allen. When you're switching from an offensive-minded philosophy to a defensive-minded no, philosophy, no, I don't know. Don't ask how does this that question. work? I don't know. How does it work? Though? I've how had do you one coach for eleven years. Years. I don't know. And you had Jeff Tedford at California, too, had, so you've never really had a defensive coach as the head coach. Absolutely. Are you going to be okay with In high situation? school, I think, you know, my my, uh, my head coach was um, was an offensive-minded head coach. I don't have to deal with defensive-minded coaches. Oh, so you've been running roughshod on the defensive side it's of the football phenomenal. for years. My, my highest, and now you, now exactly. you got somebody who's going to be watching Buckstop here has always been in D.C. Now Buckstop here is H.C. Do I have to address this differently? <laughs> How do you go? DC, maybe, you well, maybe your standing is going to be a little bit different because the respect is now on the defensive side of the football. Maybe Cam Jordan becomes not only the face of the Saints, but the There's face no of Louisiana. Thing. There's no such thing. No? Quarterback's always going to be the face of the franchise, no matter how mid or terrible or great they are. Quarterback is the face of the franchise, and I'm not going to put out any organizations that have a mid or terrible quarterback. Just you know, you, you've seen them. Well, I mean, this is this is going out to a lot of people, especially people in Chicago, where I am from. And uh, you got a potential. Yes, we do. Potential now. to be what? I don't know yet. We don't know yet. Get you off of the line first, and help, maybe help protect the kid, and we, we can see a potential great. So you're saying going empty against the Cleveland Browns when you got three linemen injured and giving up nine sacks to Miles Garrett and them, that's not the game plan you should go with? Your word's not mine. I'm simply saying <laughs> it's rough to be like, oh, he... He, go he, empty for 70% yeah, yeah. of the it, it, it feels like, you know, what did the Giants uh, owner only say about the quarterback? We've done everything in this world to screw this kid up. Maybe give him a shot. <laughs> Maybe give him a fighting chance and then, then gauge his talents. Do you think Sean jumps back into coaching after whatever this year or two is going to be? Like, do you, do I don't you know think if he's going to be out two years. He said he wasn't done with coaching. He said, hey, I'm not done with coaching yet. I don't know if I'm going to get into broadcasting and something else. But since he said he wasn't done coaching and since we already know what he's done in a sabbatical year, a.k.a. coaches his – High, his, his, uh, his son's high school team, mm -hmm. we know that he is a coach through and through. He's been coaching since, what? Forever. High 80, 80? Yeah. 90? Going back to Eastern, I believe there's yeah, roots yeah. to Eastern, Eastern Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, the Parcells system that he, he, yeah. he doesn't even believe in. He is the Parcells system, right? <laughs> and then, you know, going to Dallas and then coming over to mm -hmm. the Saints and being 16 seasons with the Saints, he's a coach through and through. How you feeling, man? How's the body? I always talk to, you know, I can get a chance to talk to the OGs like Lomas Brown, get a chance to talk to Emmitt Smith tomorrow. I mean, guys who have retired and moved on in their careers. Right. How how are you feeling physically at this point in your career? You mentioned 100, was 107 and a half? 107, 107, 107 just 107. 107 sacks. Chandler Jones has 107 and a half. Yeah. Bob Miller has like 113. Yeah. Yeah. Talk your so shit, I'm third. Yeah. third. Oh, we listening. I mean, there's Terrell Suggs who hasn't who hasn't T Sizzle hasn't actually actively retired yet. So he, technically, he is the lead active sacker. Well, we know what that's about. I yeah. mean, we don't. He might he might come back one day. You know what I'm saying? T Sizzle does what he wants. Freaking nature. <laughs> Shout out Chandler High, <laughs> legendary Wolf. Even though he doesn't claim us, it hurts. I, and one day I'm gonna figure out why. Because he went to our rival high school after two years yeah. and then yeah. claims Hamilton. Yeah. It is what it is. We claim him. He doesn't claim us. <laughs> It's a lot like Aaron Rodgers. You know, sometimes he'll claim Cal, sometimes he'll claim Butte. How does it feel to pass dads in Pro Bowls? Man, um, it's a blessing. You know, I'm no longer a failure of a son. Look at me. Look at God. <laughs> 
because I, a, a bit of Bears fan, the question I, is, I, I watched Steve Jordan uh, rip up Bears defenses for a little while, late 80s, early 90s. So he's got six, you got seven now, right? Yeah, exactly. Now I'm going to tie this back into NFL Day. I'm looking to own some of those moments. I need, I need a couple of these moments where he's going over the top of somebody's head, you know, where he's, yeah. the thing was, my dad didn't know how to celebrate. So I don't know if I'm going to get like, he, he'd do like the, the jovial, throw the hands up in the air. I was like, Dad, that was terrible. Like, what was your celebration? Yeah, like, once in a while. Maybe. Like, that was terrible. Like, give me something more. He also had, like, you know, from, they were playing on AstroTurf, so he had the elbow pads yeah, and knee pads. Be careful. Uh, yeah. No doubt. He looked like a Michelin man out there. Like, <laughs> all the tires were around every joint. <laughs> Did he have a neck roll in a big bookshelf show Luckily, pads, no. too? No, I, I can have, no. I can, I can, I can say pridefully, my dad has some swag. Now, yeah. He didn't have any celebration. He had some swag. And I'm looking to own those moments over at NFL. Yeah, NFLallday.com is where you need to be. The NFL highlights. The NFT game is now on the NFL side of thing. Get yourself a pack. Build your collection. NFLallday.com is where you need to go for your digital collectibles. Cam Jordan, thank you so much for joining us here. I appreciate you, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate you for having me on. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff. After a word from our sponsors. And Thompson had his best game for you guys tonight since joining the team. What did you see that allowed him to have you know, the best, especially scoring impact that he's had since joining your team? Well, it was uh, it was fun while it lasted. He's uh, he's going to be joining a different team. He's going to be waived tomorrow. And he'll be joining a, a contending team in the East, uh, a little bit north. If anybody wants to tweet, starts with a C and ends with an O. Um, but we thanked him for you know what he's brought for the last uh, you know six or seven days. Brought a high level of professionalism, and uh, he's done a really good job. Chicago, anybody didn't get that? Yeah. So now that we've gotten the pleasantries off the way, it's time for the jokes, ladies and gentlemen. Tristan Thompson is about to be a Chicago Bull, and I know what you're thinking. The same Tristan Thompson? Yes, that Tristan Thompson, ladies and gentlemen. NBA champion Tristan Thompson, always on TMZ, Tristan Thompson. Uh, the, the man who, who, who's who got, you know, a, a billion dollars worth of family just trying to figure out why he can't get right. That Tristan Thompson. Yeah, he's coming to Chicago and he's going to fortify the Bulls' backup death. I don't say backup death because it's the same thing, but he's going to fortify the Bulls' front court. Uh, Tristan Thompson is still a terrific defensive rebounder. He's still a dude who you got to face guard in certain situations, especially in playoff moments where he's going to be out there trying to get second chance opportunities for the Bulls. But I will warn you, Tristan Thompson, this ain't Los Angeles. (laughs) This ain't Cleveland. This ain't Sacramento. And it damn sure ain't Boston. You're playing in a different field out here, Tristan. You're playing in a field where... (laughs) The girls have learned from the guys who they've been around in this city. And if there's one thing I'll say about the ladies in Chicago, protect your neck, Tristan. You ain't going to be running around out of here, you know, anonymous. You ain't going to be running around. There's like three or four black clubs that you can go to. So your, your neck is not the only thing you should be protecting, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I think Tristan's far past that in this in this moment in his career. You know what I'm saying? Some of the, some of the direct message uh, situations that we have seen made public. And, and listen, I, 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 far be it for me to make fun of a a man's personal life, and that's not what I'm doing here. I'm just, just throwing out a little bit of a warning to young Tristan. Um, 
you know, keep your money in your pocket, man. You know, find, find, find a great eating establishment here in the city of Chicago and just keep frequenting it, you know, and tell them to put you in a back room somewhere. All right. Certain clubs, you know, just, just don't go to them. You know, just, you know, invite people over to crib, you know, have a little basket, make sure they putting their phones up, that kind of thing. You know, just, you know, move a little cleaner out here because they will get you. I mean, you know, every, <laughs> every city's known for certain things. Yeah. Chicago ain't all deep dish pizza and, you know, Chief Keith, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's some, uh, <laughs> there's some things going on in this city that you should be aware of. Like I said, this ain't LA, this ain't New York, this ain't Boston, but there are some, uh, there's, there are some opportunistic uh, young ladies out here who can't wait to uh, to meet and greet certain fellows. So In a tough time of year, Jay. A tough time of year oh, here in Chicago. Oh, my God. It can be a lonely time of year, this stretch here. Oh, yeah, it's cold outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's tax season. You know, like, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of shit going on out here, man. Tristan, don't, you know, as we saw LeBron James running down an escalator the wrong way just to get away from the, as, as, as many, Twitter people uh, depicted them as clout demons. Yeah, yeah. Just, just, just know that this is a, this is a, uh, this is a smorgasbord of uh, of demonic activity that that can take place. You can find yourself a nice one. No, don't get me wrong. I will not throw shade at the ladies here in this city uh, at all. But the problem is the wolves are going to be out for you. So just protect yourself, my man. You know, don't and and. God damn it, don't let us down as Bulls fans. You know, like, the last thing we need <laughs> is, is for there to be some scandal or some situation. You know, this, this locker room is full of nice guys. Like, that's the thing, too. I think, I think they looked at this locker room and was like, you know what, there's, there's a whole bunch of nice guys in here. You know, guys who call their moms every day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> guys, who, guys who can't wait to get to Sunday school. Like, you know, the, the dudes who are, are doing their best to, to make sure that you know, the health and safety protocols are followed. Just, you know, a group of nice guys who don't guard the pick and roll well. Just a bunch of accommodating fellows. And then Tristan comes along. And I, I assume Tristan is a nice guy, right? I, I really do assume he's a nice guy. To be honest with you, but yeah, the way Rick Carlisle was talking about him last night, like all the things he did for for that club there, you yeah. know, which is not really going anywhere, but you know, he got his, you know he got his numbers there, but it's not like you know they were doing him a solid and he did the team a solid. So I, I think they're getting the look. If anyone's done their research, it's uh, it's AK Mark. Man, man, I trust them more than anybody in this city. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm not even talking about sports organizations. I'm talking about anybody. <laughs> the, the mayor, the, the police, <laughs> streets and sanitation, like anybody in this city, I'm going to have to put you behind uh, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley in terms of trustworthiness. Just, just Tristan, this is, this is a, hey, nobody's listening. This is between me and you, fam. Just between me and you, man. It, just, just, just stay in the house, bro. Like the the you know you you only got yourself a couple months stretch here. Um, at this point, anybody that's gonna come into your purview knows your history, right? Like just you know what it is. Throw a little holy water on them before they pull out the camera phone. See what happens. You know, like just just make sure that this playoff run and this stretch isn't um isn't taken away from by uh, the 
the swamp angels, right? The, 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 the you know, the near dwells, the, 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 the ladies out here who see you as a come up. Just, just make sure we, we stay in the you know, straight and narrow. Man, I know you don't need the smoke, right? Who needs the smoke? I mean, Tristan's already got, you know, issues with his BM. I can dig it. <laughs> Trust me, I can dig it. You know, like it's, Come on, man. Like, I'm rooting for you, bro. I truly am rooting for you. And that's on the strength. So, Tristan Thompson, welcome to Chicago. And ladies of Chicago, leave Tristan Thompson the hell alone until the Bulls win this championship. It's the Full Goal Minute! That's all the time we have for episode 66 of the Full Goal. We will return Sunday night to recap NBA All-Star Weekend and... We'll talk to stand-up comedian and Chicago native Dave Helen. Don't forget, you can hit us up on the Full Go voicemail line. 773-359-3103 is the phone number. 773-359-3103. want to say thank you to our guest, New Orleans Saints, Cam Jordan, who joined us during Super Bowl week. Also, thank you to our miraculous, fantabulous, extraordinary group of producers. The production staff is just, they do everything for me, and I appreciate them so very much. The active Jesse Lopez, my main man, Chris Tannehill, and of course, a member of the League of Shadows, none other than Steve Cerruti. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff, thanking you for listening to the full go right here on The Ringer. We appreciate you for downloading this thing. We appreciate you for subscribing and sharing and rating and reviewing all the things that you do for this podcast. As always, we leave you with this. Take care of each other and make sure that you are out here being safe as you possibly can. Be.